0: 7654321 So never have be sacred stone <laughs> Oh this you crazy mother Shh. What's up monkeys? Monkey Dan here. Welcome to episode number 48 of the Live Wild or Die podcast. This episode I got to give a shout out to the Wild Man at Brock Blades. Thank you my friend for the prompt. So basically, sent he sent me a DM on Instagram with the suggestion to talk about kind of the training differences using pocket monkey and monkey bars, the training differences for strength, for hit for cardio endurance, all these things. So I'm going to kind of go through the list, talk about the nuances to each and yeah, hopefully it gives you guys a little bit better perspective and just straight up knowledge of how to use these different tools. And maybe it makes you even a little bit wilder. So I love hearing questions from you guys. Like I said, I really enjoy doing the show and it really does help getting these questions from you monkeys so that I can kind of synthesize my thoughts and it's not just me talking about what I want to talk about. So thank you again. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Here we go. What's up monkeys? Monkey Dan here. Welcome to episode number 48 of the live wild or die podcast. Just going to dive right into it. So, first, I want to talk about training for strength with Pocket Monkey and Monkey Bars 2. So, first thing we got to talk about is the rep range, right? So, if you're doing like 50, 75, 100 reps of one single exercise, you're probably not really training for strength. You're training more for muscle, muscular endurance, or just kind of straight up endurance. So, to, to train for pure strength, the classic rep range is somewhere around three to eight reps. So that means if you're if you're really just trying to get strong, you should only be able to do somewhere between three and eight reps. However, that does not mean that even doing as little as one rep, or even up to I'm going to say fifteen reps, maybe twenty, depending on the exercise it does not mean that going up that low or excuse me, going down that low to one rep or going up that high to 15, 20 reps. That doesn't mean that you can't get strong from those rep schemes. It just, it's not necessarily that pure strength focus. So I think a lot of people aren't attuned to that, that there are these kind of specific rep ranges that it's, it's been researched with sports, uh, exercise scientists, sports physiologists, things like that. So, that three, to, that three to eight rep range, again, if you're trying to just get strong, maybe it's in the pull-up, the dip, maybe a core exercise, you want to be in those lower rep ranges, okay? And So what's cool about Pocket Monkey and Monkey Bars 2 is you can adjust the angle of your body to hit those ranges, right? So you can simply change the angle of what you're pulling or pressing, and it should significantly make an exercise either easier or harder. So, in general, in general, when you're more upright, exercise is get, the exercise is going to get a little bit easier. As you get to a more, I'm going to say steeper angle, but as your body gets closer to being parallel with the floor, that's when things are going to get a lot more challenging. So... I think most of you guys know that, but if you're struggling with a certain exercise or maybe you just can't get into that position, just play around with the angle which you're pulling at. And sometimes you have to change the length of the strap. So it could be pocket monkey, it could be monkey bars too. You might need to play around with the length of the strap. So something to keep in mind. What I think is interesting about body weight training specifically is it's a very unique way to train strength. And there's kind of this old saying of farmer strength or prison strength where these guys are doing like hundreds, if not thousands of reps. If you think of a farmer working all day on the farm or even when I was wildland firefighting, I mean, we'd be digging all day long. And then think of guys, uh, I'm not personally experienced, but from what I've heard, when folks are doing time for whatever it may be, they get in a lot of reps and they get jacked. And so I noticed that, I noticed that myself, especially doing that manual labor. I mean, you just, you're doing so many reps, I think to kind of help protect your body and just respond to the stress you, you get, you grow a lot of muscle. So it depends on your goal. If you want to just get super strong, just purely strength and as strong as you possibly can, you want to be in that lower rep range. You can still certainly gain strength and definitely muscle size or hypertrophy doing a lot more reps, but it just, it all depends on your goal. So back when I was training in high school, college, we'd kind of go through these phases, these, um, linear progressions essentially where we would load. So maybe we'd start with a hypertrophy phase where anywhere from two weeks to a month, we'd be doing higher volume, just trying to add some size, add some mass, and then as the program progressed, we'd go down to lower reps, but way heavier weight. So something to consider there. What I think is also really cool about bodyweight training specifically for strength is you can do a lot of it and not get super burned out with, with, within reason, of course. But So there's, there's two podcasts I heard. One was with Farad Zahabi. He's a UFC trainer. And then John Kavanaugh, who is another UFC trainer for Conor McGregor. I can't remember which one of them said that. I think it was actually Kavanaugh, but he essentially said this was on Joe Rogan. So you could search these guys and probably find the episode quicker than me. But basically what he was saying is that bodyweight exercises, they don't stress the nervous system as much. So you can do that more often. You can do more volume and ultimately get to a higher level of fitness. So something to come, come, <laughs> Excuse me. something to keep in mind. You can do, again, this is all within reason. If you're doing a thousand reps a day, it's probably going to start to break you down a little bit. But especially if you're adding a lot of variety, changing up the exercises, I think, I think that's actually what he was implying but didn't actually say specifically. So maybe it's not the best idea to do the same grip, same reps, of pull-ups every single day. But if you switch the grip if you switch up the rep ranges, all these different things, I think variety more than anything, guys, variety, I think is so crucial to just long-term fitness, health, wellness. I know from experience, if I'm just doing the same stuff over and over, I just, I start to get fried mentally. My body gets kind of stuck in these certain movement patterns. I tend to get injured more. So I think for me personally, I notice when I'm doing more variety, that's when I tend to feel the best, perform the best and avoid injury. So Keep that in mind. I wanted to mention this. So, body weight training. I think there's some schools of thought that say it's hard to get strong with body weight training, but man, when I was a wilderness ranger, I could bench. I think I could bench actually the most I ever did, or was really close to it. And I essentially was doing zero bench pressing. I was just doing. I've told you guys this tons of times now, but I was just doing tons of push-ups. I was throwing around rocks. I was doing dips in between like tree stumps, just kind of being super creative. It was awesome. But I remember on one of my days off, there was a fire cache near, and I went in, did a little bench press just to kind of see where I was at. And I actually benched. I think it might have been the most I ever had actually at the time. So I think actually what the result of that was, or what caused that was, I was doing a lot of plyo push ups as well. So I was doing clap push ups, different. I would set up rocks and kind of do these drop push-ups where i drop down and then explode back up. So if you want to get strong arms, strong chest, adding that plyometric explosive element is super useful. And you can do that with a ton of different things. You can do that with legs. You can do that with shoulders, arms, whatever. So if you want to add some flavor, some spice to your bodyweight training, if you haven't tried it and you're really trying to focus on strength, if you think about a plyometric you're you're increasing your force output, right? So if if I go down, if I drop down, just get into a regular push-up, I do one rep that's kind of slow and smooth, and then I do another rep where I explode off the ground, clap my hands, and then drop back down. I have to I have to generate way more force in doing the plyo push-up. So that's where you're going to get that. It's 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 effectively like you're almost lifting more weight in a way. You're making yourself heavier. In a way, by moving faster. So, something to try out if you guys haven't done a lot of that. Just make sure you're really warmed up when doing those exercises, especially the shoulders, man, and hug those elbows in. I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing plyo push ups while holding the handles or the bars. I would have your feet in the foot straps and then do plyo push ups that way. So, try that out. All right. So, that's kind of monkey strength training. And again, it's it's something you can kind of massage and feel out on your own. But you can definitely get stronger doing bodyweight exercises. And you don't need to do like 100 reps as fast as you can. You can kind of be a little more casual is the first term that's coming to mind. But it's a little slower. Focus on form. Focus on really pushing and challenging yourself. Working those steeper angles. And maybe even measuring. So maybe you have a little piece of tape. You can mark where your feet are. Can measure the length, see where you're at. So, all different ways you can kind of measure that and just keep it, keep it progressing forward. All right. So, moving on, I want to talk about cardio training, and there's three kind of subcategories I want to talk about. So, there's hit high intensity interval training. There's hurt high intensity repeat training, and then there's body hardening slash just kind of straight up stamina endurance training. How much can you endure? So I'm gonna start with hit. So I think what gets lost a lot when people say they're doing quote unquote hit exercises is they're kind of in this black hole where the intensity is not that high. It's not that low. It's kind of that, that black hole training that we've talked about. So what's important for hit training is the intensity. It needs to be high enough or else you're not really getting that true benefit. So if your intervals are not set up properly, you can be, you can feel like you're going hard. You can be exhausted, but that doesn't necessarily mean you are training at high intensity. So as I say this right now, it's high intensity training does, or I guess it's the other way it's exhaustion does not equal high intensity. Okay. So high intensity has got to be your power output. All right. So that means you need to maintain this very high level of power during that work set. And then typically if you're going to rest, you need to rest long enough to maintain that power. Okay. And so I know I've done this a ton of times where, you know, maybe I'm doing like timed presses or timed rows, something like that. I need to start at an angle that's way easier or else I'm going to burn out super fast or Maybe I can do the first set, but then I can only do like 30% of what I did during that next set. So repeatability, I think, is important for HIIT training, even though I'll say this again down the road here. But for HIIT training, it's okay if performance declines a little bit, but it's got to be relatively consistent. So, again, depending on the workout you're doing, what your specific goals are, you want to be pretty consistent as far as. Performance. So for example, just very simple numbers. Let's say I'm doing a workout where it's like 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. Whatever I I don't want to deviate too much from the amount of reps I'm able to do during that first work set. So for example, let's just say I do 10 in that first 30 seconds. I want to be able to do like 9 or 10 the second, 9 or 10 the third, and then I wouldn't want to drop below like honestly eight. Seven maybe, but you don't want to deviate a ton. So again, consistency is important. So for HIIT training with monkey bars, pocket monkey, whatever you're using, you can do all the exercises. You can do squats. You can do lunges. You can do lateral jumps. You can do lunge jumps. You can do bust out the foot straps. Do all kinds of core exercises. You can do presses, rows, push-ups. You can do all of it. You just you need to be aware of your form first and foremost, but you also, you might need to, like I said, you might need to just adjust the angle a little bit more. So keep all that in mind, go hard, make sure intensity remains high. And something else I want to mention for hit training, hit I'm going to say is both aerobic and anaerobic. So you're, tra- you're really training both systems. It's definitely in a high intensity fashion, but you're certainly training both your aerobic and anaerobic energy path- pathways. So Aerobic being oxygen. Most people think of that as like your cardio anaerobic. That is basically means without oxygen. So that's think more sprints or even just pure strength exercises can even be considered anaerobic. That breaks down to another category. We'll talk about, we'll talk about that on a separate episode here. Okay. So moving on to hurt training, that's high intensity repeat training. So this is going to be much more anaerobic in nature. And what, so quick background, I was listening to another podcast and the host was talking about hit versus hurt. And this is a strong first principle. So strong first was founded by Pavel Tatsulin. I think I got that name right now, but he's basically the guy that brought kettlebells over to the U S from Russia, but great. They're just, uh, one, they're very evidence-based. So these guys, they're not just pulling stuff out of, uh, out of the cave, but they're very evidence-based. They're super smart and they're great. They're just, uh, for training strength, I highly recommend checking them out. So anyhow, they talk about for hurt training, it's high intensity repeat training. They really wanted to make this distinction between this ability to repeat a performance versus what most people kind of consider hit training, where it's just this exhaustive training that by the end you're at like, you know, 30, 40, 50% of your initial power output. So for hurt training, you need to give yourself enough time to recover so that you're repeating the performance. So I think doing dips or pull-ups is a great example. So let's say you're trying to do as many, well, that's not a great example as far as maxing out, but let's say you're trying to do like 80% of your max number of pull-ups. So if you can do 10 pull-ups at like your absolute limit, 80% would be eight reps. So that's, that's pretty high percentage actually. So if you're trying to repeat that, you're going to need to give yourself enough rest so that you can one complete all the reps and then two, not do it in an exhaustive way so that you're creating poor movement patterns. So one, that's one thing strong first really talks about as well as that concept of greasing the groove and just creating these very proficient, very tightly dialed neural pathways as far as um what's the word I'm looking for? As far as form and keeping everything tight. So it's one thing to do ten push ups and get them done. It's one th- it's another thing to do ten push ups or ten pull ups or whatever it is and make them look pretty. So we're always trying to look good doing these, especially during that well, for everything, but So it's really, it's a quality over quantity paradigm. And then lastly, it's just hurt training should be non-exhaustive. So it's not, that doesn't mean that you cannot go hard during, during each individual set, but doing hurt workouts, repeat training, it shouldn't ruin your day. So going back to hit real quick, I definitely do this type of training and There's definitely workouts where, you know, the rest of the day I'm kind of, I'm pretty cooked, which I think is good to do every once in a while. We just want that. We just don't want that to be our like regular practice, right? So hurt training, you got to be going hard. You just want to make sure it doesn't ruin your day. You should feel, you know, relatively, relatively recovered. You shouldn't feel exhausted from doing a hurt workout. So keep that in mind. And again, it's quality over quantity, especially if you're trying to get maybe Increase your pull-ups. Work on your dips. Those more advanced muscle-ups. Those more advanced calisthenic body weight gymnastics exercises. Keep the volume appropriate and make sure you rest appropriately as well. Okay. Last thing I want to talk about. So the, it's these body hardening and endurance workouts. These are actually most well. There's a certain type of person, but I think these are actually really fun. It's more of this mental challenge. They're good to do with workout partners and just really push each other. I've kind of been on a kick lately of kind of suggesting people take it easy and all that, but rest assured monkeys, myself and my personal training, I'm still going hard. I'm actually super sore today from doing ass one-arm pull-up training yesterday. But what I think is cool about these body hardening and just, in, I'm going to quote, air quote, endurance workouts – increasing your ability to endure. I think they're really all about there. There's certainly a fitness element. There's certainly a physical element and your body will adapt and get stronger, but it's also to boost confidence and kind of get over this fear of the un- unknown. And for me, the best example is the first time I did a, an ultra run, you know, I'd never run a marathon, let alone an ultra. So basically Monkey, Dave, and I, we were training for this together. This was back in, gosh, 20, was it 2014? It was a while ago now. But anyhow, the longest run, we basically ran a marathon as a training run before the actual race. And that that was super helpful just mentally. It's like, okay. So it was a 50K, so that's about 31 miles was the ultra we were doing. So it's not that much longer than a just traditional marathon, 26.2 miles. But we did... We just went out one afternoon, basically just ran a marathon and that gave us the self-confidence. All right, it's only five and a half more miles to the finish. So that's where I think these workouts really are super useful is to create that, that self-confidence and just kind of, again, get over that fear of the unknown. And they're good. They're good to do on occasion as well. I wouldn't recommend doing these crazy, like for example, in the monkey app, I wouldn't recommend doing an extreme workout from the extreme category every single day, but if you do it maybe once every other week, something like that, as long as you're feeling recovered, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with doing these extreme, exceptionally hard workouts. It's just, you need to understand why you're doing them and let yourself recover properly so that you keep moving forward. So Again, they're just, they're fun sometimes. It's fun just to see, you know, hundreds of reps you got to get through and just chip away at it. There's always, there's that, there's such that satisfaction of having this challenge that sometimes you're not even sure you can complete getting through it and then getting to enjoy the rest of the day. So I get that. I've, uh, I've certainly adopted that mindset into my exercise routine most of my life. And I think it was good in some ways and not so good in others. But again, it's a, it's a positive feeling having an unknown challenge in front of you, getting through it and then moving on to the next one. So this was a fun episode. And again, I got to thank the wild man at Brock blades. He kind of prompted this one, sent me a message. So if there's something specific you monkeys want to hear about, I'll do my best to share my opinion or even do a little bit of research for you guys. So Thanks, Wildman, for the prompt. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, you would be eternally grateful. You could leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. That really helps spread the good word of the wild and grow the monkey family. So thanks again, Monkey On. I'll see you out there.